0: There is a recording in progress right what? here.
1: This right now, is my...
0: Anchored and Devoted. I'm Pastor Jer. Ooh-hoo, and I'm Pastor Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> not know what the turkey call was for, but there it is. Is <laughs>
1: that what that was, the turkey call?
0: Wasn't meant to be. I realized the transition. I was like, you know what? Let's just own this. Let's just own this. Move forward. Okay.
1: okay. And apologize I thought you were calling your kids, but okay. I wasn't sure if that was, if that was like you know a clan thing where you just call your people and they appear. That's
0: right. Ah, Everyone's everyone. wearing some different kind of different kind of plaid.
1: Exactly. Just kilts going and back. I'm like,
0: oh, okay. There it is, right uh, there. We're going to war. Yeah, there's a story behind that, but you can ask Pastor Dave later. <laughs> we are here at Anchored and Vodien, and we welcome you guys back. Here we are in season three of A and D, and we are continuing with this sort of mini series and mm-hmm. Scriptures that every Christian, every new Christian, should know. This morning we're going to continue on. Last week we did uh, John one yep. one. This week we're doing John one fourteen. Yep. Yes. Says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his, gl- <laughs> uh-huh. and we have seen his glory. <laughs> no, it was your dancing. <laughs> I was to glory your is dancing of the only
1: Son from the Father. Full of Full grace, of and, grace truth. and truth. You can't see me, but I am dancing. dancing. It's kind of a funky chicken, but it's not quite. It's more like an Urkel with funky chicken, and I know I'm <laughs> dating myself with by stating Urkel, but it still is what it is. My hands are in my pocket, and I do not care. Um, so there you go. <laughs> the word became cold? flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. I love this verse. Every believer should know it. First thing first, the Word became flesh. That's huge and dwelt among us. Jesus genuinely loves. And that's amazing because he actually spent time with us, and he still does it. Like, yes, he's interceding on our behalf, but it's one of those things where we can know Him today. We can know Him personally. We can know Him through His Word, the Bible. We can know Him through relationship as we go to God. He's interceding, so therefore we are connecting. We can know Him as family, as our Savior. That means we are known as well, which is always a big thing. Because everyone wants to be known. You want to be seen, right? You want to be loved, and you want to be known. Like, those are your three things. And Clearly by this verse, you know, all three of those things have occurred. You've been seen by God. You are known by him and you are loved. And so for me, this is one of those verses that's, you got to know it. Um, If you don't know it, it's time to memorize it. Um, If you know it and forgot it, it's time to memorize it. Um, You know, you can tattoo it on the bumper of your car. (laughs) And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That'd be funny.
0: Um, (laughs) Tattoo it on the bumper of your car.
1: Wouldn't that be great? And we have seen his <laughs> glory right as it blows past me. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and, truth. Grace so this and is, truth.
0: This is not just a Christmas verse, but the starting here with the incarnation and I'll come back to the end later, but starting with the incarnation separates us out from every other thing that we can, that we can look at and compare it to when we look at God's in specifically this part of the world at this time, whether you're talking about Greek gods or Roman gods or Babylonian gods or Egyptian gods or Persian gods, whoever it is you're looking at, we see examples of gods and demigods who disguise themselves as humans Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know Zeus would do this. Zeus would disguise mm-hmm. himself as some kind of God so that he could sleep with some kind of woman somewhere. He just Hercules made, made Hera you know really angry mm-hmm. and um there's there's a number of examples like this where the gods used human flesh as a disguise, but it was the purpose was to be able to go and essentially cavort with or take advantage of.
1: Mm-hmm pleasure of
0: themselves the to, to judge
1: it was typically about selves
0: and um, it was um, never something that was a a, a necessary blessing. part of their nature
1: Well, also it blessing wasn't to the you know people. zeus
0: didn't zeus didn't do this and then get trapped there in the flesh until he, his death or resurrection or ascension he did it and he put on flesh and then he took off the flesh and he went back to mount olympus as zeus and said look my prerogatives never left. I'm still God, bada bing, bada boom, give me what's mine. This is completely different for two purpose, two, two particular reasons. One, Jesus, when he takes on flesh, embodied himself as a human, and made himself subject to the laws of humanity, the laws of nature, so that Jesus, when he was born, couldn't speak, he couldn't mm. chew, He was dependent on a woman to nurse him. Could he at that point have called down fire from heaven and split the earth? No, because babies don't have the ability to think like that. Like you've got to reach a certain point of developing before a baby can do that. So Jesus, when he was born, was completely human in his limitations. And that was very different than any other god that's in any other myth. Every other God did this as a way to maintain power, but to disguise it. Jesus took his power and subordinated it to the reality of his human flesh in the obedience to his Father. But the second purpose here that's very different is Jesus didn't do this so that he could take advantage of man. He did Mm. this so that man could be brought back to the Father. Nowhere else did any God ever do any of this kind of uh, entering into our situation in order to help another God. This is only God of the Bible that said, "Now Jesus is going to go for us. He's going to take on flesh so that he can suffer as they suffer, so that he can live perfectly, obeying the law, so that he can he sacrificed in their place, conquered death and sin for them, and because of his work, bridge the gap so that they can be brought back to me. That's completely unique. There's no other religion. There's no other myth, deity that has ever done anything like this or claimed to. And that's why this is so significant. When we look at this... We have to see what John's saying here. When he starts by saying in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's saying there, there is no separation. Jesus, God, the father are Mm -hmm. one in this mystery that we call the Trinity. They are one. And then we get down to 14. He says, but it didn't stop there. Take the, the most powerful deity you can think of. And now watch him as he steps down off of his throne, takes off the mantle and the robe of power and steps into your birthday suit with all of its imperfections, all of its limitations. Mm -hmm. But he did this so that we could see God because even in his doing this, what we behold is the fullness of grace and truth. And I, you know, I've spoken now, so, I'm going to stop, but I, I'll tell you what, I always want to camp out on that description. What, grace and truth? The fullness of grace and truth. That couplet is is huge. I, I think it requires
1: some exploring. Um, I'll start with the questions. How would you define grace and truth? Because um, I I know my definition, but what is yours? Or even just great. Uh, let me start so with truth to...
0: because so truth is easier. Truth is okay. is what aligns with what is. So okay. there's reality. God mm-hmm. has defined what is by speaking into existence. Truth is whatever is in line with that. Whether okay. it's an action or a motive or a or a speech. Truth is also the thing that says, you know, the old sesame thing. One of these things is not like the other. Truth is a thing that that's rightly separates out. These two things are not the same. And even more than that, this thing is good. This thing is not good. Truth is what says it. It says it unapologetically. It says it unmaliciously. It simply states what is. Yeah. Grace. grace, is a, grace is a concept that, you know i've been walking with the lord for a number of years now and this is a concept that still is growing in my understanding or rather i'm growing in my understanding of what grace is but at its at its simplest grace is forgiveness to those mm-hmm. who don't deserve it hmm. grace is an accepting into relationship drawing into relationship one who is hostile to me not for my sake okay i think that's I'm the better person who's being drawn in because it's it's
1: this it's got to i think both have to be um defined out of love and grace um, um is as you were stating a merciful action an action that isn't deserved isn't merited it's um not done out of favor, like you got favor, but done out of the favor of the person who is being gracious. Yeah. Um, and so it, it has,
0: yeah.
1: it comes often with great expense for the, um, the one who is being gracious, and mm-hmm. um, it often can be misunderstood or mistaken as other things, because um, grace can take so many forms. Um, grace is recognizing your hmm, grace is recognizing your limitations and embracing God's uh, lack of them. Um, yes in every area of your life and in the lives of others to the point where you're pointing people to him um, by acts of graciousness, um, uh, by acts that um, challenge culture, social, emotional norms that bring glory to God. In truth, I think you know both of your definitions. I think are spot on. Um, I think the reality is is we have to live this out, and so often we miss the mark because we get centered on receiving the grace, but not being defined by it. Right. We are happy to spend the the whole season
0: talking about that. Yeah, I was about to say.
1: Yeah, so we we can easily. They go back on this last season, but it it is for the new believer, this verse is one that should challenge you, myself, the seasoned believer. Again, this is more about the relationship with God, not just when you came to faith, but what are you doing in relationship. And grace and truth should be these things that are on your persons as well as experienced. very much like a perfume or a cologne. Um, You can't come into a room without someone pausing because of how grace and truth come with you because you've been exposed to it through Christ, the cross, and the Spirit of God guiding you.
0: I want to turn that a little bit because Mm -hmm. you haven't used the word, but it's the one that's been presenting itself in my mind, is Mm -hmm. it is something that confronts us. And I don't think that we would often think of a confrontation of grace, we could think of a confrontation of truth, that's called an argument, right? That's, a, mm-hmm. that's a rebuke. But we don't mm-hmm. think of a confrontation of grace, but grace will always confront us in the same way that truth will in that grace truthfully tells us, you're getting what you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. If I the simplest way I can describe grace is you get what you didn't deserve. Correct. And that's both in the positive and the negative. You didn't deserve this gift, yet I gave it to you. You did deserve punishment, but I did not give it to you. You got what you didn't deserve, what you didn't earn. And that that has to confront us because we all have this idea of what it is that we, that we deserve. Mm. And the idea that we hold for what we deserve is often way elevated over the reality of the situation. The reality of who we are, the reality of what we've done, the reality of how good we are, what we think of ourselves, our identity, our estimation, grace comes and confronts that, sometimes very gently, sometimes Mm -hmm. like a bull, and says, no, no, you're getting what you didn't deserve. The best you think you deserve is so far above what you actually deserve and what you think you deserve to be treated in in light of how you're being mistreated is so much better than you actually deserve. Mm -hmm. You deserve to be treated so much worse than you are right now. That kind of confrontation is one, that that leads to, as you say, the walking out. If I'm not being confronted by grace, then I'm not going to walk in humility and I'm not gonna walk in grace towards others. I'm not going to be a a copy, if you will, a facsimile of this grace that Jesus came and we saw him, the fullness of grace Mm -hmm. and truth. He in himself confronted us with this fullness of the truth of what is, of who God is, of what God has said, and that we're not getting what we deserve.
1: And and the verse cries out for um, a recognition of humbleness. Like, here I see. Yeah, it does. Um, what humility looks like. And this cry, this call, is also one that is placed upon us, as you stated, as we engage with the graciousness, the truth um, that is identified with Christ. This is... Um, um, this should cause our thinking to change. This should cause um, our actions to be different and this should impact our schedule this should um, impact those around us so that yes you might be the first person to come to christ in your family but the culture begins to change because you're in it whether people are coming to christ or not they're feeling the difference because you now have embraced your new nature in christ and part of that is a lifestyle of humility a lifestyle filled with a focus on God to the point where it looks minimalistic Mm -hmm. because you are seeking to serve him first. It doesn't mean that you don't have nice things, but it more importantly means that those things aren't defining you. The thing that is defining you, the main thing, is your relationship with the grace you've been extended because it's only through that that you have faith, it's only through grace. It's not, again, work that you've done in the self. So I have to share. Sometimes it's through service, sometimes it's through song, sometimes it's (laughs) with the seasoning of grace as I confront. Yes. But I have to um, understand my self-worth is now found in the work of the cross. And so I don't determine my value. God does. And out of that, he has found value in all the people he's placed on my path. From the doorman to the homeless person, to my coworkers, to my cousins, all those individuals that God has placed around me, I should not ignore them
0: including the jag that just cut you off in traffic. correct all of them correct. Yep. that dear brother and sister is why this verse is a verse that every Christian should know uh, I'm I'm sure when we started like me, you were not thinking, oh you know this verse has so much tied up in it and and implicating how it is that I should walk. So I hope that you've been blessed and challenged as I have been looking at this to go back and dig into it again, to mine it for even more than you saw before, because this, as, as we've been talking, if you haven't been confronted with, I've been called to something even more than I realized, then I, I challenged you to hit rewind and go listen again. <laughs> And yeah, it's we all didn't there.
1: get into, yeah, we didn't even get into glory or the only son, but we do mm-hmm. love you. <laughs> Go get into it yourself, Cheer with the stand Have a blessed, blessed that Love you guys.